0: You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with your hosts Andy Grant and Apio Hunter. Real Men Feel is all about encouraging men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to opening up discussions that most men aren't having. But you certainly don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel podcast is produced live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for your growth and enjoyment. You can find more information about the Real Men Feel movement at realmenfeel.org. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmanfield.org. This is a weekly program and your comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in the Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmanfield.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello and welcome to Real Men Feel. I am Andy Grant and this is episode 44. We're so happy to have you here today because we're talking about open relationships. through the sexy Tom music. Um, but before we get into that, we need a little foreplay, right? So uh, by foreplay, I will introduce my friend and co-host, Alfio Hunter. Andy. <laughs> All right, that's the extent of my foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been introduced as best other things before I never foreplay so hey all right all right it's the first rapio yeah, yeah, yeah. we're breaking boundaries all over
1: oh my <laughs> god be no lips of the show because I have been yeah, introduced his yeah. pre-con before so you know it's like, <laughs> but on that note we can just turn it right on over to you and diva and <laughs>
0: Super. yeah tonight's guest is a uh, vixen goddess diva logan she calls herself, I love these terms, uh, a relationship, sex, and life enthusiast. So, Diva, it's a pleasure to have you here tonight.
2: Well, thank you. I was expecting a little bit more foreplay, but that's all right. I can get to it. We yeah, can go well, straight in. Yeah, I right? The
0: she, my wife just joined the show. She can tell you that that's the extent of my foreplay.
2: <laughs> Listen, Andy, I'm going to need you to step your foreplay game up. Like, <laughs> We can't just be going in straight in every single time. So...
0: So I want to share what, what caught my attention uh, and had okay. me reach out to Diva, have you come on. And it was um, a quote of yours on Facebook that if you can't live in an open relationship, you shouldn't be in a relationship. Um, that like blew my mind because like, I've been married 19 years. So I'm a long way from dating and stuff. But I've met lots of guys that like talk a big game about open relationship and that'd be cool and I want to be with her, be with her, be with her. Um, but when it really comes down to it, I don't know anyone that's had the balls to, to step into that relationship. So I really just, let's start with the basics. And like, so what's an open relationship?
2: Well, an open relationship is when a couple <clears throat> who is together, they're core, the, the core foundation of a couple. And they decide that they are going to engage with other people. They're not necessarily going to leave the relationship, but if they choose to, it's fine, it's cool, but they are the core group of the couple, whether they're married or whether they're not, whether they have a long-term commitment or not, but essentially it's all about being free and being open. I mean, so many people essentially leave it at sex, but it's so much deeper than that.
0: So so there can be, I guess the big question for me was always, is, is there room for love in an open relationship? So you, you, you're a Definitely. couple and you're in love or you're just hooking up? Right.
2: Oh, no. you. I mean, like, A lot of people leave it at the surface level of just being a couple and hooking up and, you know, they date and whatever, and they don't feel like they're going to get married or whatever works for them. And they just go date other people and have sex with other people. Um, But you can be in love with someone. They be the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And you respect the fact that you will never, ever satisfy every single aspect of that person. And understanding, especially for creatives, and I find creatives have this space, and some intellectuals have are are more apt to being in open relationships. Because when you begin to create something with somebody, okay, I'm going to get deep with you really quick. We skipped the floor play. So when you begin to create something with somebody, essentially you're having sex with them anyway. So if you're painting together, playing music together, writing together, um, creating a podcast together, if you're um, building a business together, you're creating something that is brand new that did not exist before that very moment, that thought you're putting in the work. So you're having sex with them because of course, the reason we're even here is because two people decided or not decided to have sex with each other, (laughs) two people decided engaged in sexual intercourse and life was created. And so all of these processes still have to go through the whole incubation system and be birthed into newness. So when creatives or people are creating something together, there is a sexuality, a, a sexual exchange, Not necess- it doesn't always go to sexual intercourse, but there's a sexual exchange that happens. And for artists and, and musicians I see, oftentimes like, they get turned on by what they're doing, whether it's an intellectual conversation or it's writing a song because they're putting all their passion behind it. They get turned on, which means they're now engaging in sexual intimacy with this other person that is moving towards sexual intercourse. So instead of feeling bad about it, instead of feeling like, I don't know about anybody else, but when I eat and I can't actually finish the whole meal, I get frustrated and cranky. I don't know about you. But being in an open relationship allows that space for that flow to happen all the way through. So it's not just cut off. It's not just stagnant. It flows all the way through and nobody, nobody's angry. And then you can come back and share that beautiful experience with your partner or friends or whoever.
0: I imagine it's going to be risky to take that first step. Like, uh, I, I think the movie that comes to my mind is that, oh God, I don't know how old it was, that Indeed's Proposal. Yes. Like they really the, the ramification. So if, if a couple is in love and they have commitment to each other, but they're like, oh, let's go out, let's go explore, Let, let's have fun. And then, oh my God, they find this wasn't as fun as I thought, or this jealousy come in or fear of losing the partner or anything like that. Is that kind of common?
2: That is very common. My partner and I go through this on a regular basis of he may say something about a woman or I may say something about another man and we feel jealousy. So this is where the openness really has to truly be open. When those feelings come up, you have to open yourself up. And talk to your partner. So you have to, in order to be in an open relationship, you have to have open communication, open listening, open understanding. Being able to be open enough to say, I need to step back for a minute and process it. Being open with yourself so you can even have the balls to say, this is how I feel. This is is what's coming up for me. Well, how do I feel about this? What's going on in my brain, and not just going out and spazzing out? Like open relate really in to be in an open relationship with a person you love, you literally have to be 100% completely open.
0: Cool. That that helps me get it a lot more. So I always thought, again, I had the notion of bad porn movies and the swinging '70s and things like that was what an open relationship was. So I, I really, I lo- I love that you're saying no. It's open feeling and open honesty and authenticity. And so it's not denying that, wow, I don't really, I'm not so comfortable now that this is happening or, or whatever. Makes
2: right. It. So essentially, if you can't be in an open relationship, you should not be in a relationship
0: at all, period. Mm. Got it. Now, now well, I really love that quote. It's not just provocative, I, I really get It's
2: that. not.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. In fact, what I love the essence of it, it boils down to if you can't be open with yourself, Mm-hmm. how can you be in a relationship with yourself if you're not open with yourself mm-hmm. and it just opens it up to everything else yeah wow, that is that just okay mind blown
2: <laughs> well everything I, I do has a sexual connotation but the mm-hmm. sex part is literally just the tip of the iceberg like the on the top yes you mm-hmm. there's so much more underneath that when you begin to peel back the layers, you you can just go on and on and on with this. And and the picture you shared to promote the show about, you know, your geni- nobody's genitalia belongs to them. So so many so many people just see their genitalia as what's in between their legs. And I talk all the time in, in my work about the three pussies and the three dicks. So you have a pussy between a pussy and a dick between your ears, a pussy and a dick between your ribs, and a pussy and dick in between your legs. Hmm. Nobody else's genitalia, nobody's pussy and dick belongs to you. You don't own that. That's theirs. Yeah So really, truly, in order to be open, all three have to be open. You have to be willing to share openly and share with yourself. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of different dynamics that run there. That's really cool.
0: <laughs> so I love were, it. were you raised in like a household like this, or is this something you just found as an adult or?
2: Not at all. Um, we talked about sex. Well, my mom was a single mom, and so I grew up Seventh Day Adventist. So there was this dynamic of her having a daughter and being a single mom, and her and, and you know, as a single mom, your daughter's coming into her own. She's going to spend the night at other people's houses. So we're going to teach her about the human body, sexuality. So about when I was about seven years old, my mom got this book from the Seventh Day Adventist bookstore called the in between or some, in between, like tween, like teenager. um, And she got this book and we sat down and we read it together. And so I go back to school. I'm like, yeah, like, did you know that a penis? And I'm seven years old. I told you I had to say, (laughs) I say whatever's on the mind. Did you know that a penis does this and a vagina does that? Like the body began to fascinate me. I'm such an analytical person and I love research. So this huge nerd space I go into about human reproductive system and sex and the brain and and how it all works. And so that's what kind of started me on this path. But there was still this dichotomy of we don't talk about sex because, you know, we're Christians and you save yourself from marriage and abstinence and, and all that. But at the same time, I'm like looking up everything that I can possibly find about sex. My mom would work nights, so I would stay up late and watch Showtime and HBO and Taxi Cab Confessions. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> Me do, And then like the History Channel and, you know, the history of sex and sexuality and what attracts people to other people, facial shapes, um, whether a woman is on her period or ovulating, what she's going to be attracted to and then kicking in like the nature and then the nurture and then society—like all these pieces started lighting up in my brain and then just me living such a full life. I just live fully. So it just kind of led down this path of this analytical brain of mine, which has brought me here. So yeah.
0: So it's all just been research. All, all the sex you've ever had, you just call it research.
2: Yes. <laughs> research and gratification.
1: <laughs> there's nothing that says, there's no rule out there that says that they have to be mutually exclusive.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so I am curious, now, how did you come to this particular point? I mean, what, what was your journey like to reach that particular point where it's like, okay, you know what? The open relationship is the best part of life, is the most
2: gratifying part of life? Oh my gosh. That's a tough question. You stopped me, like, wait. (laughs) I wasn't ready for that. Um,
1: I I do that every once in a while.
2: (laughs) Caught me off guard, like, ooh. Okay. um, I guess it would start when I will say the journey officially started when I got married at 21. Mm. I was dating a guy. Well, I wasn't dating anyone at the time, but when I'm, I'm, oh, so many pieces go into this. Keep it simple. I got married (laughs) at 21. (laughs) I got married at 21 and I broke a guy's heart. I broke my first love's heart when I got married. And then I was divorced by the time I was 22 and pregnant by somebody else like three months after the divorce was final and then that person decided had a girlfriend at the time I didn't know so then finding out that he had a girlfriend and that whole back and forth love triangle and then he got married and sleeping with him after he got married and then you know feeling bad when she got pregnant and I was like damn i know i, sh- I felt bad after she got pregnant i was 23 22 23 don't judge my life um all those listeners out there and then um, I kind of just did my own thing oh I started dating my partner my current partner and then we broke up and my heart was broken and I stayed single for four years after that and just kind of did my own thing that's when I was working as an as well that's the second time I worked as an escort I had more sponsors and then My life just kind of fell apart. I had made all these decisions and jumped off a cliff, which is everything that I do anyway. And it all fell fell apart. And I started dating. I started talking to a guy and he was really just fucked up to me. I had known this guy for years, but he was really, really mean to me. And from that moment, um, moving forward, that's when I got in the relation, the polygamous relationship and had two babies back to back. Stillborn was and my daughter and then left that relationship. What is this? 2017. So I le- left going on four years ago, left that relationship and just been on this healing journey ever since. And I wanted to be at home with my daughter and I wanted to work for myself. And I was like, I love talking about sex. I've been talking about sex for forever. And I started off talking about something else and I love, like I was engaged and loving the fact that I had just transformed my life in like two and a half years and wanted to share this transformation with everybody to teach people how to do this. And I was talking to my friend, like everything fell apart for me, leaving my job, all that. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't go how I planned it, which in business, in life, that's just life. So I was talking to my friend, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he was like, Listen, you need to combine all this shit together and just do what you do. And I said, okay. And so this is what we have here, me being a life enthusiast. Because I live. Yeah. I have lived in 35 years. I lived more lifetimes than people I know who are twice my age. I so love that. I so, so. so love that.
0: So it sounds like, so you've come to be a fan of the open relationship, but you're not a fan of the polygamous relationship. You
2: know what? I am a fan of any type of relationship anybody wants to be in, as long as they are healthy people participating in the relationship. So polygamy for me was great. I picked, I kept all my sister wives. Like I, these are women I still talk to. I still have their phone numbers. We actively engage with each other on Facebook on a regular basis. The women that I met because of him, um, are still people that are in my life, still love my daughter and I. and But he was not a healthy person. He wasn't, and I wasn't either at the time. And so I'm so grateful for him and I'm grateful for the two kids we had. I will forever love him because I said I was going to and I love people unconditionally. However, I've progressed on in my life and for what I want in my life, We just don't mesh. And I will forever be grateful to him um, for justice and Zoe. And yeah, like polygamy was great. Polygamy helped me really understand why I could never be with one person. Mm. And being the person that was only with one person yeah i realized like i could never just be with one person well i am solely with my partner right now but we both know that being creatives, like we love other people we we create we we have these hearts and we like to go on these adventures but home is still home almost kind of like kids grow up but your parents are always still your parents how she grew up in is always home He'll always be home for me. He's been home for me since the day that I first saw him. So, but we went on our separate ways and we lived life and we've come back together. And and now we'll do that as two people walking together, but kind of doing this sort of movement here of just interacting in each other's lives. So, yeah. so,
0: so the open relationship, it, it's the option is always there. It doesn't mean yes. I'm in an open relationship, so I'm always sleeping with five people.
2: No, not at all. The option is always there. And and it's all about just, hey, like, I found somebody that was hot. Or, hey, baby, do you want to go bust this bitch down real quick? Like, she's hot and she got a fat ass. <laughs> like, shall we do this together or separately? Are you in the mood or not in the mood? Hey, boo, he is looking at me over there and I kind of want to go get his number. Like, just that... It's literally about openness of being able to move two people walking together, but moving independently because that's what we are in relationships. We're just choosing to share ourselves together, essentially. All relationships are open relationships, whether we want to admit them or not. We choose how long we want to be there and we choose when we want to leave. What you do within that open space is up to you or how you frame it or how you create your house. But the openness actually never goes away.
1: You know, I think that's really beautiful. You, it, the way that you framed it reminded me of something what I I sometimes talk about in my work, which is the spiritual contracts. There mm-hmm. is no sacred contract that has to you have to be stuck in at any particular point of time or whatever. Those contracts can come and go, and you can choose to leave that contract whenever you want. Mm-hmm. It's considered fulfilled. There's no yeah. print, there's no nothing like that that's that's a beautiful way of expressing that
2: yeah we choose to be where we are yeah so i have friends who are married and the women will be like oh my gosh she's getting on my nerves i'll be like so what do you want they'll go huh well i want for us i said i'm not talking about y'all what do you want (laughs) Well, I want this. Okay, my partner, I want a partner who. And they'll be like, is this? No, get specific. What is that? I want a partner who. So call in the partner that you want. Define the partner that you want. So if that person is not the partner that you is aligning with what you want anymore, get the fuck up and walk away. That doesn't mean that you won't come back together. Like I said, my partner and I separated for eight years. I have not seen him in eight, literally eight years. Have not touched him, nothing. Met him when we were 17. I saw him get out of a car. I was walking in front of his car and we both saw each other in that same moment. And it was just like, we knew. And then we reconnected eight years later. And now eight years later, we're back on this journey again. So you can separate from someone, and as you're walking through life, you figure out what you like, what you don't like, and once you finally figure out, this is what I want. This is the direction that I'm going in. I'm gonna go this way anyway. Mm -hmm. Whether I do it with you, or whether you choose not to join me, that's on you. But I'm heading this direction, and we can work together. And essentially, that is what being in a relationship and being, as the christian community says equally yoked is all about we're both heading in the same direction mm-hmm. and that openness is still always there even if you're not calling it an open relationship
0: when when a when a, man, a new man meets you and discovers you're in an open relationship is it normally like yeah awesome this I'm I'm going to score man you know they just think you're like you're like you'll have sex with anybody because it's open or do they like get freaked out and run away is it or is it something in Both. between? Both.
2: Yeah. Both and in between. Um, many times, like I was on Tinder for a while, and people would be like, oh, "Like, Why are you on here? Just to meet people. They'd be like, So why are you single? I said, What makes you think that I'm single? Well, like you're on here. I have a partner. I'm in an open relationship. I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. <laughs> and they get confused, but they're intrigued. Like, I don't, there's, I love that moment of just, you know, that their are like, minds are exploding. Cause a woman just said, she's in an open relationship, actively on Tinder, but not necessarily looking for a relationship or looking to hook up. Like, why are you here? What are you, what are you doing? Who sent you? Um, and it goes into the, I, I want to know more. It instantly goes into, I want to know more. It doesn't necessarily go into the sexual space. It instantly goes into, I want to sit down and have a conversation with you because I want to figure out what man got you to do this <laughs> and how I can get women to do this. Too. <laughs> that's, that's what I seem to
0: find. Like guys, the idea of it like excites a lot of guys, but like the actual doing it is like a, a just a different thing. So I get yeah. the curiosity. I wanted to talk with you. And then they're almost like they want it, but then they're going to like, well, I'm going to go figure it out somewhere else. But like, right. They don't interact with you in that way. It seems. No,
2: because, um, because we're scared. Well, not just that. Once men, once I begin to open myself up and allow them to have the diva experience, as my partner calls it, once I begin to allow them into the diva experience, it's one of those, almost like the first time you give a child candy. They want to just envelop, like, all the candy's mine, mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine and i'm like nah boo that's not how that works so then it, it becomes a struggle of i want to be i want to be home and i'm saying no you literally can't be home cuz you can't deal with all these problems over here bruh, like you just ain't got it you don't have the strength i can tell and by looking at you you would not make it sir and so then they kind of then they kind of <laughs> run away and don't quite know what to do but there are a few men who I find that most men who are in relationships themselves or who um, enjoy the single life work best for me and mm-hmm. can deal with me. Plus, then they have to deal with that whole herpes issue and then that se- kind of sends them running anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you
0: have lots of <laughs> potential screeners working on you. I method.
2: do, There's there's a bunch of screeners like, you know, big black partner. He's tall and he's large. And um, the herpes thing and the single mother thing and the open relationship thing. And I'm, there's only like two people that I would ever be monogamous with and one I'm already in a relationship with. And so like, it, 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 it's a great filter. It's really great. So a lot of them just end up wanting to stay my friends and have me help them find women and, you know, enjoy having sex with me without being able to touch me. Yeah. Ooh, yeah.
0: Yeah. The sexual energy of creation in that interaction.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, I am really fascinated about how you talked about the creative mind, how the creatives in the world tend to be more prone and drawn to those open types of relationships. And it's like, boy, that definitely explains a lot about me and how my <laughs> mind works. <laughs> in my own relationship because I'm listening to you just so fascinated by, by your journey and and the relationships that you've been in and how you've been able to get this to work with your current partner. You know, for me, it's like been a similar journey with, with my husband, where we've Mm -hmm. been on that journey where there was like massive amounts of jealousy and then working through that. And now we've, we're at that agreement. We're at that same stage where it's like, we're open, and yet there's exclusivity because of the fact that we're so open. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it is such a, a tremendous weight off your shoulders.
2: Yeah. Yeah. To, to
1: reach that point. That that point. So what's your, been, what's your experience been with just the mentality of men in general? I mean, not wanting to put people into boxes because I don't like boxes. I like like uh-huh. little individual packages. But I mean, if yeah. you were to, to, you know, say, for instance, in general terms, the patterns that you've noticed in your interactions with men and so forth, what what would you say they fall into as far as those those patterns when they're talking about the open openness
2: thing. well i would ask okay so which type of men creative men white men black men hispanic men mm-hmm. christian men non-christian men
1: mm-hmm. men
2: who want to get married or men who don't men who don't really know what they want like it's a very different thing um, for each group uh-huh. and for example Creative men need freedom Mm -hmm. because the very essence of who they are is constant freedom. Mm -hmm. They're constantly pushing the envelope. What's next? What's coming in my brain? And their brains move like this. Mm -hmm. Constantly going, constantly creating. And so creative men, whether they are, I had a musician thing for a while still kind of do but uh, (laughs) musicians because the right side of their brain and the left side of their brain have to work together simultaneously to create music they are super fucking smart so nobody ever gets to see the heart of who they are so women who date musicians, you have to see that man's heart because that you have to see his, the, the dick between his ribs because that's, at mm-hmm. essence, who he is. Like, yes, his brain is running. Yes, he likes to fuck. He likes to fuck because his brain is running. But the very essence of that creative person is their heart. That's where their passion is. That's where they hide all their secrets. That's essentially where the sex process kind of starts for them. Mm-hmm intellectuals it runs the other way their brains start um for the stereotypical jack kind of white guy Mm -hmm. well that's a whole other different story that goes into history and patterns and all that other stuff but
1: we could do a whole new show on that one yeah
2: it's a whole other show i'm actually writing a book (laughs) about that but um yeah you for saying
1: it too forward to it
2: (laughs) this whole, uh, uh, the stereotypical white male, and, and I'm just going to say that just the mm-hmm. stereotype, right. They still have yet to connect with their hearts, but their hearts drive exactly what they are, but they're so afraid to open up their hearts because of what society has talked about. Which is why I love you guys' show because real men feel it's bringing down that societal issue. For your stereotypical black man, or your black man in general, his heart drives everything, but his heart and his mind have this sort of misconnect that's that's historical as well, that society has placed on them. And so it is this, I'm looking for who I am. It is this, like I said, that that in-between space where your mind and your heart meet, Mm -hmm. that's what they're looking for. So it it becomes very, comes off aggressive but it's really not aggression it's more passion it's more of who yeah. am I like can I just be myself who am I I'm looking for who I am
0: almost
1: an expression um, of frustration in a way
2: yes yes yeah essentially like my parents won't let me grow up why why won't you let me be like why won't you let me be great <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I see I see that a lot so when you mention yes that, oh yeah
2: <laughs> so it's this it's a passion, mm-hmm. frustration, like, oh, I just can't bust the nut right now and I want to come, that that mm-hmm. moment. like That's what's happening with Black men. And so my partner, having grown up in America but not being American, he has a totally different essence because he's a creative, mm-hmm. but he lives in America as a Black man, but he doesn't have that frustration. I have another friend who is Dominican. He was born in America, but he grew up Dominican. And he doesn't have that frustration. There's not, it's almost like that. I know who I am has already been established within men from older cultures or who grew up from, in a, in, in a culture that was not Americanized of this. We all need to be individuals, but we all got to be the same too. Right.
1: Would you say that the frustrations that you have observed in so many of these different groups of men tends to be unique or exacerbated within the American culture?
2: Yes. Okay, yeah, yes. that's
1: my observation as well. And I was curious to, if you and saw it's similar.
2: Being an online entrepreneur and, and being able to watch all these different Facebook groups that I'm sure you guys are in or other people are in, you get to see, like, the sales guys are all, like, this stereotypical rah, 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 and I'm just, like, you'll just be like, oh, my gosh, can y'all please shut the fuck up? Like, just shut <laughs> up. Like, just shut up. And then you have, like, the others who have kind of progressed and, like, grew up during the, or grew up during the feminist movement. They're a little bit softer, but then they're kind of lost in this, like, they kind of, like, float along, like, mm-hmm. ah, and you're like, oh my gosh, just snap the fuck off on somebody. So it's in the extreme parallel. Like you can see it all the time. And I get to sit back and watch and crack up and just take notes. Like, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: That right Thank there. there. For That's why you're not that for the book
2: And then <laughs> yes. And then, you know, being a black woman and having black a black father who was a creative and kind of did his own thing, he didn't really give a fuck. But still seeing um, seeing how life affected him, even in his not giving a fuck and, and having Black male friends and them trying to figure that out. So I have like a ton of research in that space. And then growing up in a community where it was very multicultural, so going to high school with people from Korea and, you know... Haiti and Barbados and Kenya and you know like having this international space and being able to go to these people home people's homes and sit down and talk to them and, and see their family dynamic and really be able to sit back and watch and how it moves and 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 the pride and, and the womanhood and the love and it, it's just been amazing yeah
0: how how do women react when they hear about you and being in open relationships
2: oh ever usually it, it depends on the woman. So for the single women in my, my age range of that sort of 25 to 35 age category, they like, I either get the, what the fuck are you doing? Or I get the, how do I do that? Or I get the bitch. I can never do that shit like across the board <laughs> or I get the, you know, the, I just don't want to talk to you anymore. And they run away.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and um, many times is the I, I would always get, I can't share my man. I can't share my man. Well, bitch, you share your man with the world on an everyday basis. What you're saying is you have want to own his penis. That's what, that's what it is. You're not comfortable enough in yourself to freely allow him to do whatever the fuck you wants to and trust him, which means you don't trust you, which is why are you in the relationship with him? If you don't trust him, which means you don't trust you, so be single. And trust it's yourself. not
0: really jealousy; it's this this possessiveness. Yes. Uh, their own innate fear of, of yes. losing, I guess. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I've been through that. Like, I've watched my partner get married, be in other relationships, have children, and he's watched me do the exact same thing. And we realize that the other person needs to be themselves. Like his journey is not my journey. We each have our own individual journey. And one thing that I loved whenever he and I would stop talking, because we had started off as friends, every time we would reconnect, the question would always, I would always ask him, what did you learn? Like, what did you learn this time? Many times it would be like, what the fuck do you want? And after I got over that space, <laughs> what did you learn? And we dump all the time, like things will build up and we'll just talk it out. Like you have to talk it out. Last night, this, the last couple days, we had a space where I talked to an ex that I hadn't spoken to in forever. Absolutely loved this man. This man said he was going to marry me when he was 14 years old. And I spoke to him for the first time in like five or six years, talked to my partner about it, drunk as shit on a Sunday. And my partner spoke to me about something last night and told me some really great news. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and I had this moment of, do I even want this anymore? Like everything we've asked for is happening. I don't even know if I want this. And he could hear it in my voice. And he goes, I'm gonna call you back. And he didn't call me back. And so I, I stay up off. All night, I I wait, I wait, I wait, and so because of this, re- anyway, I wait and I wait and I wait, and um, I call him, and we get to talking, and I was like, I realized last night that you know me really well. He was like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Cause you got off the phone with me, and you didn't fucking call me back." I was like, "You knew my brain was fucking exploding," and he was like, "Yeah, don't nobody want to hear that shit. You needed to go talk to your friend, like you needed to have a girl time." And I was like but then I realized that you were having a moment. He was like it wasn't the same moment as yours. It was like, bitch, i didn't done, done all this shit for us and now you talk about you might leave me for somebody else and you're not going to choose and be like a living Pope and we're literally laughing at ourselves so hard because we're having this just like mental emotional breakdown. Mm. But that openness allows us to say that made me jealous and I didn't like it. But then at the same time, now we're laughing at ourselves because we've taken a step back like, seriously, really? It's not even that serious. We love this person. We want to be with this person. This is how we were feeling in that moment. I love you. All right, let's move forward. That's great. We laughed. ha ha, you're stupid. You know, we're human.
1: Would you say that humor definitely plays a big role in maintaining a healthy, open relationship?
2: Yes, definitely. Like, you have to not take yourself seriously. Yeah, My partner and I are always laughing at each other. Like, you have to be able to laugh at yourself. Like, I spaz regularly. My brain, I have anxiety, and my brain will just run. Like, you talk about, oh, my gosh, they haven't called me in 15 minutes. And they said they was gonna be at home at this time and are they dead? Do I need to call the hospital? Like that's what
1: You that's, and my mom would talk brain. Then. Yeah. <laughs> You and my mom definitely would get along. <laughs> that's awesome. So my
2: brain does that, and then it's like when you're done, just like hindsight is 2020, 20, and you can look back at a situation and then you just start laughing because you overworked yourself for absolutely no reason it was definitely it might have definitely been bad but it was not as bad as you possibly thought it was and even if it was that bad there was this moment that was just fucking hilarious cuz you're spazzing for no reason i mean we laugh at everything he'll say some dumb shit to me like today he was like i want to put my beef in your taco <laughs> <laughs> Just out the blue, just random. Just like, I want to put my beef in your taco. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why are you so random?
1: Like, and, you
2: and you have to respond with, it, would that be a soft taco? Right. And then we started talking, and then our brains ran someplace else. And, but But being able to really, truly laugh at yourself and not take yourself so seriously. Because when you can laugh at yourself, then you can actually slow down, take time. And now you can talk. You're not yelling at each other. You're not talking Mm -hmm. at each other. You're just sharing yourself with another person. You're sharing that intimacy with another person. So humor is definitely needed in all aspects.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So beyond humor being the necessity
2: Um, Mm -hmm. is there any
0: other advice you would have for, for, for a couple or even an individual that thinks they want to explore open relationships?
2: Um, if your partner brings it up to you, don't instantly reject it. Talk don't instantly run because essentially what even trying is going to do for your relationship. It's going to show you one. How comfortable you are with you. It's going to bring up all this stuff that you have didn't want to deal with. Like you, you get to see yourself. Two, it's gonna push you out of your comfort zone and it's gonna cause you to grow because all this stuff is coming up. Three, um, it is going to it's going to expand your relationship because you're you you have to work at this. This isn't something that you just do an overnight, it's, it's simple. My partner was my friend first. And then we ended up, when we came back together, being in an open relationship and understanding ourselves and understanding each other. So, so try, even trying this, even trying, even sitting down and have the, having the conversation opens up your relationship. So you don't have to go to dating other people. But having the conversation now you're opening and you're opening and you're opening. You know, it's just like stretching. You're, you're essentially just stretching your relationship, stretching your love muscles. And you're going to become deeper and more intimate in the relationship because sex and intimacy are two totally separate things. I know people want to mm-hmm. put them together, but. Mm-hmm you're going to become more intimate. You're going to have to see your partner, not as your partner, but as an individual. As a person who is exclusively themselves with their own feelings, their own mind, their own heart, their own thoughts, their own desires for life, all this stuff that they've never told you because your partner has shit that they ain't told you. I don't care how long y'all been together. Mm -hmm. You don't fully know that person. So opening your relationship and saying, hey, let's try being in an open relationship. Well, why? My favorite question is why? Why do you want to try this? Who, what, when, where, how, and why are the best questions ever. Mm. So having that conversation and then actually go on a date with somebody else and then come back and talk about it. Why did you like this person? Was it fun? What did you go do? Help them get dressed for the date. It's going to help you communicate that space. It's going to help you see areas in your life where you may have felt abandoned and now you're facing your partner. Not abandoning you, but that feeling is gonna come up. And while they're gone, you get to sit down and you get to journal and you get to write and you get to heal. You begin to start the healing process. And then they come back, and you say, "I have my favorite question. What did you learn? What did you learn about yourself? What, what have I learned about myself? What did you learn about our relationship from interacting with another human being? What do you see? What's going on? How do you feel?" And now your communication is opening. You're getting more and more. You're getting more and more intimate. You're getting more and more open you're trusting yourself, like all this stuff is coming in, it's coming in. And this isn't necessarily for the faint of heart. It's not, but you have to be ready to see yourself and to see your partner as an individual. I would suggest everybody at least try it, go on a date for a month, just date other people and talk and come back and talk to your partner about it and see what happens in your relationship. See how, see, see how at the end of the 30 days, what's happening with you what's happening in your relationship what's happening with your partner
0: so, yeah. so the big difference in someone someone is not happy and they're not willing to be open not willing to communicate so they have an affair they cheat and they keep that secret and that builds mm-hmm. up and then you talk mm-hmm. even less probably and mm-hmm. you know, so it's really I, I i'm i really get it now more i really just thought it was yeah. some swinging 70s thing um no. but it's <laughs> yeah. You know, i love how you explained that it's openness is it's not just having sex with whoever crosses your path Mm-mm. It's open to, mm-hmm. or if you choose to be that, you're coming back and telling your partner, hey, I had sex with everybody across my w-
2: path, this is right. Work. And we did this new thing, and baby, I want to try it with you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like all relationships are the same. The only difference in romance is that you're having physical sex with that person. yeah But every relationship is the same way. We all have multiple friends. We may have those close core friends that have always been there, but we have friends and they show us new things and we go back to our old friends and we talk about that. Why can't you do that in your relationship? What's the difference? Is it control? Is it you? Is it society? Why are not you wanting to share openly? Like I said, it's not for everybody, but not trying. I feel like people will regret it. Cause they'll never really get deep. There are other ways to get deep with yourself. But an open relationship, if you ready to like do that for real, for real, like heal for real, like get get real, get quick, date another person outside of your partner for 30 days. You can date multiple people. 30 days, see what happens in your relationship. Don't necessarily have sex with somebody else, but you'll see how your sex life opens up. You'll see how your communication opens up. You'll see if you even really need to be with that person. Mm -hmm. You'll see yourself. It's amazing. It's really, truly amazing.
0: Do Mm -hmm. do you ever foresee or imagine a time when uh, you would feel so much love for your current partner or future partner that you would just choose to no longer be open?
2: Yes, we talk about that all the time. Like, you know, I I tell him, you know, I haven't seen you in eight years. I'm gonna gorge myself on you. Like, you're not allowed to, like, once we are in the same space, I'm going to gorge myself on you because it's been such a long time. And once we're done, you go do whatever you want to. And I'm sure at some point in time we may get to that point, but it will be a mutual decision. Or if just one of us says, you know. I'm really tired of this. Um, We would sit down and openly discuss that as a couple and see do we want to compromise? Are we still both in this? Do we need to end the relationship? Where do we want to go? You know, how do we respect each other as individuals even though we're a couple? So, yeah, it's open.
1: (laughs) It is open and every possibility
0: is is there.
2: Yes.
1: Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm just loving it. You know, as you've been talking, I've just been sitting here just absorbing it and just soaking it all in. And I'm like, wow, it's just, I, I can, you know, see that openness just radiating outside of you and from, yes. from you. And just, just,
2: oh, how, how I, amazing. I tell people all the time, I live my life naked. <clears throat> I'm always naked, always transparent, always naked. Now, I might not share everything that is happening right in that moment that it's happening. Mm-hmm. And there is some shit that I forget. I've just done so much stuff, and I'll be in conversations like this. I'll be like, oh, shit, I did do that. <laughs> I'm going to have to write that down. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I've been having that a lot lately. But I do, I live my life a very open book because my mom used to tell me never give somebody something that they can used as a bat to beat you over the head with and i was like well shit i'm gonna do it myself like fuck what they can do you're not gonna be able to control my life at all and being in the relationship with my daughter's biological father um i learned that secrets hold power and I never want anybody to have any type of power over me. And so it holds power for me over them. And it holds the power for them over me. So I'm going to tell my story. Fuck your feelings. Fuck how you feel. You don't like me, fuck you. You know, like <laughs> this. <laughs> you this, all... <laughs> <of that> point. <laughs> this whole space of this is my life. I am writing the life of Diva, you know, like the life of Pi. I write this. I create this. I make these choices. I chose him and I chose to share my story. And essentially, my story is about me and what happened in that space to me. And in order to share that 100%, I have to share both sides of that. What I may have done to that person, what it did to me, and what they did to me. and how there was good and there was bad and it all influenced me together I love Tony Robbins quote from you know I am not your guru I'm sure most of us have seen it by now but he says you know if you're gonna blame your dad for all the bad stuff you gotta blame him for all the good stuff too Mm -hmm. and when I saw that I that I think right after that is when I told my story about being in a domestic violence relationship and I had already kind of gotten to that point but it's all—it's all a beautiful movement in kismet, cosmic, wonderful organism that is being created constantly. It's constantly sex. It's awesome. It's life. <laughs> yes, I love life so much. I name my daughter Life. Like yeah.
1: I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it.
0: Uh. <laughs> Speaking of your daughter, what, what, yes. what do you, what do you, what would you tell her about your relationships and how you choose to navigate life in that manner?
2: That's a very good question because my daughter has started to call. Am I ready to talk about this? How am I feeling? Okay. My daughter has started to call my, my partner, daddy. Um, and. I decided. Well, he and I decided together that that's what that's where we were going, and um, we would always tell her the truth. And I decided that when I left her biological father, we would always tell her the truth, and we would always and it would be based on being age appropriate, never lying, always being honest. Because I feel like those of us who aren't necessarily millennial, our parents never told us their Mm stories and their stories are our stories because we're carrying the stuff that they never healed and they put it on us or did their best not to not realizing if they would have healed it they were subconsciously putting it on us anyway anyway but i don't want my daughter to carry my burden she is going to have her own life and she's going to have to have her own burdens so as a mother I can't not tell my daughter the truth and share openly about the joys, mistakes, missteps, lessons, amazing fucking sex that I've had because she's a human fucking being. And she needs to be able, like, my, my, my whole purpose as her, the host to her parasite for eight, nine months is the fact of being able to not control her life, but to guide her and give her every tool that I have picked up and I have learned so that she can go on and create more and do more and and expand more. So what kind of person would I be if I don't tell my daughter the truth? I'm not going to, my daughter's been calling her vagina and vulva, vagina and vulva since she started talking. It is not her happy, and I call it her happy place too, just because, you know, it's a happy place. That's exactly what the fuck it is. It's a happy place. but she knows the correct terms for her, her physical genitalia. I remember when she first started exploring down there, I called the doctor like, what the fuck is going on with my child? <laughs> the nurse laughed at me just like that. And she's like, listen, she's just trying it out. And so I never told her it was bad. I would always say, listen, if you're going to touch your vagina, your vulva, your happy plate. Take that and do that in the, per- in the bedroom in your personal time. Mommy doesn't want to see it. That's your personal space. And my daughter's two, three years old. I'm not telling her to go out and have an orgasm, but I'm not going to shame her about her body either. I'm not going to have her walking around feeling like her vagina is something horrible and gross. She's going to have that when she starts getting a period anyway. So I'm not going to put that in her head already. So as a mother... My partner and I were talking about this. He has a daughter as well, but, you know, telling our kids that, hey, like, don't try and get married in your 20s. Live, expand, grow. You may meet that person, but just go be an individual. Have an open relationship, you know, telling her about how my partner and I met, got together met, and broke up and got back together and just living this space you know, like live your life, define it for you. And if it's not working, shit, fuck it. I talked to my ex-husband. I still wish my ex-husband, um, happy anniversary. Every single year we talk, we have an open communication, like, and I didn't like everything he made, but he was taught that if you don't like something and it's not working for you, walk away. One of the best lessons that I ever learned from getting married. Mm -hmm. Shit. I'm not feeling this shit. I'm out. Be still cool though. You know, mm-hmm. so really, like, even
0: that is even that is still an open relationship because you're still yeah. you're still there. So I, I love that. Yeah. So when your daughter is old enough to ask, you'll again continue okay. that mindset and space behind the whole idea of the open relationship.
2: Answering questions, yeah.
1: you know, Andy, I just have to jump on that of that really quick because I, I love how the open relationship also applies to parenthood. It's about being completely open with your children as well and translating that in you know into the fullness. Of every relationship whether it is mother daughter father son Mm no partner partner whatever it's just a hundred percent authentic genuine open
2: yeah
0: yeah like ideally we get to a place all of us where the open can fall away and this is just this is how relationships (laughs) are
2: yeah this is just what it is Mm -hmm. um yeah go ahead
1: yeah, I was—I was going to say, one of the things I have really just fallen. I mean, there's so many aspects of you that I've fallen in love with. Well, thank one you. <laughs> you I got diva. I totally you got, got diva. <laughs> but diva has got to share her and her diva with everybody. So I'm not keeping it to myself. No way. But you know the the thing that I love about it the most is that you keep reminding me over and over and over again is that you I. You live by the first principle of joy, which is I'm not responsible for anybody else's happiness, but my own. You live it, you are an example of it, you breathe it. And that just lights me up.
2: Well, thank you. And I can say there have been times where I have wanted other people to be responsible for mine. Mm. I wanted to be responsible for other people's, (laughs) But when you try to take on that responsibility, it gets so heavy. you get so tired and you become resentful and you become bitter there's this amazing video of jada pinkett smith and her daughter and her mother round red table discussions i think that's what it was called red table discussions and she talks about how if she doesn't take care of her first like when she first wakes up in the morning and she's like okay what does my husband have what do the kids have? You know, what is this? What am I acting today? Where's my business doing? Like, she has to take care of herself first in order to give out. But if she doesn't take care of her first, she begins to resent them. Mm-hmm. And then there's this quote Ayanna Van Zant said, I, I was like binging on YouTube videos of Ayanna and Oprah not too long ago. And she said, You know, my cup runneth over, you know, what's, what's in the cup is for me, the overflow is for you. So I have to, in, in order for my relationship to work, in order for me to be a parent, in order for me to be a good business person, in order for me to share my message the way that it does, I have to be taking care of myself. And I'm one of those people that people talk about consistency. I'm consistent in different ways. I may tweet a lot one day, and then the next day I may do like, the next week I may do four or five different Facebook Live videos. And then the next day I might post just one one or two somethings and then binge watch on Netflix. I have to do what's right for me. I'm the messenger. I, the message is coming through me. I'm the carrier. So if the carrier is burnt out on motherhood, if the carrier is not feeling up to par, I'm going to be angry at my partner. I'm going to be angry at my friends. I'm going to be feeling resentful if I'm not going through my own personal stuff constantly and taking care of me and being open with me. I'm fucking a way around. Like I'm not just going to be on a rampage. That's including masturbating. If you're not near your partner, Yo, you need to be fucking for your fucking yourself. You need to be masturbating and you also need to be having sex with them because masturbation is for you. <laughs> Sexual intercourse is for the both of you. So like this it it literally runs into every aspect of life. That's why I call myself a life enthusiast who just happens to use sex as my conduit because I see life as sex and I see sex as life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So uh,
0: that we're going to kind of bring this to a close and that's a great place okay. to kind of wrap it up. But how, how can people reach you? If people want to work with you, follow you, date you. Um,
2: Instagram diva, the goddess, um, Twitter diva. Oh, what's my name on Twitter? Diva underscore vixen, the vixen goddess V X N G O D D E S. Um, otherwise come follow me on my Facebook page, my personal page, diva Logan, my business page, diva logan the vixen goddess um i am starting up another one very soon i do have my website but that is currently going to be redone and all this other stuff but if you send me a message or if you add me as a friend or if you like or comment on some of my stuff all my stuff is public i engage with my public 24 fucking seven like i live i'm working on this book called Black and White in American Love Story. It's basically breaking down the issues and dynamics between white men, white women, black men and black women in America and how this shit has affected everybody. Um, I am, a podcast is coming. I'll have to have you guys on my podcast (laughs) um and I'm working on a book I'm still coming up with the name of it but essentially it is like all the things that I wanted to say to my partners over the years so it's kind of like little snippets I call them prompts little prompts for people to be able to okay she said this and then it's stimulating something in my brain this is how I'm feeling right now so I can go talk to my partner um so yeah lots and lots and lots of things coming up Cool. Well, I'll be
0: sure to add all the links to the Connected to you at uh, realmanfield.org on the show notes for this episode. Um, once again, just thank you so much. This has uh, been eye opening. Yeah, I love your radiance and your candor and and everything about you. I think, Alpio, you're Thank feeling you. Yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Thank,
2: thank you so much. I, you I like me too. Good, good answer.
0: <laughs> I love <That's>, me. There's <laughs> the tagline I like me too. Nice to I meet like you. me too. Awesome. So, Real Men Feel will be live again next Tuesday, January thirty first, eight PM Eastern. We're going to be joined by Michael Kasdan to learn all about the Good Men Project.
2: Ooh, I can't wait to find out. I'm going to have to tune in.
0: You will have to.
2: Yes.
0: It's it's law now.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. So, thank <laughs> you show again. Up for every joining. Tuesday. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you, Diva. Thank you, Apio. Thank you, everyone listening, and uh, we'll talk with you soon. You guys, have a great night. Bye. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org, join the Real Men Feel group on Facebook, and share what you thought of this show. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com and Apio Hunter at apiohunter.com.